the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked Poldark Season 1, Episode 3. In that episode, Ross Poldark, he married Demelza. Came out of nowhere. They're moving really fast. We'll see where that goes this week. And they're still mining for uh, copper down there. Uh, and we'll see if they strike on copper at the Wheel of Leisure. And more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, Poldark Season 1, Episode 4. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye and singing This'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die And just like that, the ever-growing snowball that is Poldark continues. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, going fast uh, somewhere. We don't know yet, but it is moving along. And uh, we're all aboard. I, I posted some photos today on our Instagram about last week's episode. I, I should have posted earlier in the week, but, uh, you know, just of the shirtless man, uh, that is Ross Poldark. And my mom asked me, what's the show about? What's going on in the show? <laughs> just, a, just a man plowing the fields <laughs> without a just shirt. Just a hunk. Well, I, you know, I sent the, the, the photos of the guy to one of my female friends, and I was like, what, what do you think of this dude? And there's like, it's too much going on there. Just too much man. Okay. I guess you need to know. He remind, he's he, he's kind of like Kit Harrington cranked up a couple notches. Okay. A little, little more swole. Sure. Doesn't have as squinty eyes as uh, Kit Harrington. But Kit Harrington can smile, and as we discussed last week. Yeah, Ross can't. Ross Poldark does not know how to does smile. Does he need to know how to smile? I mean, I think he gets a little bit of a smirk in this episode. Yeah, I think that we'll works get to a that. better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But before we get to that, is there any any news on the old Downton Crown Julian going to court? Front, <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Uh, the only thing that's really come of note that's semi-relevant is that um, that biographical drama of uh, Princess Diana called Spencer, mm-hmm. Spencer, <laughs> uh, starring uh, Kristen Stewart as Diana. It's gotten uh, rave reviews uh, from the uh, Venice International Film Festival. So we have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, interpretation of Diana and it's a small world out there uh, because the person who plays Prince Charles is none other than other than George from Poldark the the bad guy on the show <laughs> he portrays Prince Charles wow. so it's very you know it's a very small pool is it I think there's a lot of British people they could choose from probably and that you know just from watching this show that guy doesn't have that large of ears as far as I can tell prosthetics exist he wore clown ears. <laughs> they gave really rave reviews to his ears. The prosthetics that they have on his ears there, they're just, you know, kind of Like, you would never out. know they're fake. They're clown ears. Yeah, yeah. So, that's all that I have that's going on, Dave. What, what about you? Well, I have a little... Uh, I got I to gotta air something before we start this episode, because I, I've had, I had a night yesterday when I went to watch this episode. Okay. So, for those of you that don't know, uh, I I am a musical man, and I'm in a band that is playing a big festival called Supernova Ska Festival on Friday in Virginia Beach. Ska. And, yes, the ska band. Well, I just joined this band. I've been playing music, you know, for for pretty much my entire life. But Mm -hmm. uh, this is a really big deal, probably the biggest gig of my life, I would say. They they say it's all vaccinated. All outdoors, potentially up to fifteen hundred people. Whew. You ready for that? Uh, well, here's here's where things get interesting. So my plan last night was to get ready to go and then watch Poldark. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, what I always do before a big gig, I put new strings on my bass. So I went to put the new strings on. I took one of the strings off and then I looked down and the piece that holds the string was just gone. Totally gone. What happened? As if it had disappeared. <laughs> Keep in mind, I leave tomorrow. We record this on Wednesday. I leave tomorrow at one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Work a full day today. Work a half day tomorrow. So I'm sitting there looking at this, trying to figure out where it is. I call the guys in the band. I say, is it on the floor in the practice space? It's not there. Look in the case. It's not there. Look in my car. It's not there. So I'm sitting there. I've had this bass since I was 16 years old. I'm 33 right now. So I've had this. This bass is old enough to drive. Sure. In my possession. And it was Mm pre-owned. So right before I pushed play on Poldark, I just pretty much found out that my bass that I've had forever just went and ished the bed, for lack of a better phrase. Not necessarily, because it's still usable, but it needs repair. Okay. So, I just want to say, I remedied the problem by buying a brand new bass today. All right. So, so, so But did you- I just wanted to say, so if I do seem a little um, behind on certain miniature plot points, I watched the episode, I took their own notes, as always, it's because my, my brain has been moving a million different ways. So... Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. I'm not trying to half-ass this at all, but I, I can just hear you sometimes sitting down to, to watch this episode of Pole Dark, and you just hear the Seinfeld of the. But <laughs> that's just your but life without one string. So it's all <laughs> the low notes, none of the high notes. So I just wanted to tell you guys, if if I seem like I don't know what's going on, I do. But I'm all the fine details might be lost on my busy brain. Next week I will be fully in Pole Dark. Mode. Sure. So and if I seem off, just giving you guys a heads. If up. I seem off, that's just because I just didn't pay attention. I guess you know I'm just not doing my job here. <laughs> no excuses on my part. And I guess with that in mind, for those people in the that are hearing this, because it, it'll be posted as soon as possible. If you're in the Virginia Beach area, you want to come hear some ska music and say hi to your boy. Hit us up on the socials. We'll let you know where it is. There you have it. So let's get right into, well, not right into, we've been talking for a little minute. Let's get into season one, episode four. Absolutely. Uh, we are falling right up on the he- heels of them being married. Uh, you know, Demelza's is mm-hmm. walking around feeling like a new woman. Uh, Judd and uh, Prudy, they're upset, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, they're, they're, they're still upset with her. And it's like, they've been working with her for years at this point, you know, realistically, from how the show's been moving. You'd think they'd have accepted her just a little bit more after two or three years of having worked with her, even though it's been two mm-hmm. episodes. Um, and Demelza is still needing uh, dough. She, she is still making bread, doing all that work. She forgets his, she's his wife sometimes, it seems. Yeah, she even starts, she's having a tough time not calling him sir. Mm-hmm. That's a healthy marriage, don't you think, Dave? Mm, I mean, <laughs> we'll get there. It's this the the beginning is a little. We're we're seeing that these two are still getting over this. Mm-hmm. But Ross is a righteous man. We've definitely learned that over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and and to that point, she's kind of wary about you know people knowing about them. And he's like, why not? What's the issue with people knowing that we're together? And. Well, I mean, the, the whole this whole episode is about that. The gossip spreading. Yeah, it's not that uh, mm-hmm. simple and clean there. <laughs> not at all. So, I mean, there's, this is an episode of things converging into one. So how, do we want to just sort of like roll through as this goes? Let's keep rolling, man. Keep it rolling. So to, to get Judd and Prudy out of the way, 
there's a scene where Judd and Prudy kind of figure out that if they hadn't taught Demelza so well, mm-hmm. domesticated her. If they hadn't domesticated her like an animal, <laughs> wash the fleas out of her. She, she not only would probably still be on their level, but she, they would be doing more work. So in the in the ultimate Judd and Prudy laziness sort of a, what are those two cops on Brooklyn Nine Nine? Oh, the lazy the, ones. The, the older two older gentlemen. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's been it's been forever since I watched that show. But they're they're slowly falling into that or the Statler and Waldorf role mm-hmm. of Poldark Cheap where comedy. they are. <laughs> yep, they're just there for for literal pratfalls at one point in this episode when Judd is walking around eating bread that Demelza baked for Ross, and she literally football tackles him to the is ground. Is it bread or is it is it pie or, or it is? It looks. It, she says it. She says she, it's, it's pie. It's something that she baked. It, but it looks like it bread. looks like bread. Yeah, looks like. But bread. He, you also see the way he eats is him sticking his finger in the middle of it. <laughs> And pull, I don't know what it is. He's trying to make a bread bowl. He wants to pour some soup into it later. <laughs> that seems like a Judd thing to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, pretty much, uh, yeah, they accept that, okay, she's his, his husband or his wife because, you know, they, they led her there. They, they made her the, she, they made her who she was, and she's still doing chores, so they have no reason to be upset. She's, you know, keeping up uh, for, mm-hmm. you know, the slack for them. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's pretty much all we get out of that, those episodes, episodes, yeah. Right? I mean, it's a lot less cutthroat than we we're, we're used to in uh, Downton there, where they drag it out for the season and people are trying to get fired and stuff. This is pretty easy. Well, this isn't like, this isn't upstairs, downstairs. This is like room to the left, room to the right. <laughs> Just got to deal with it. And our, so, so Judd and Prudy are an item, correct? Or, or I, I think they're a kind that, like, they throw it to each other when they just need it. You know? It's very, very loose. Okay. Maybe they're the Jim and Pam of the show. I, I, I don't know about that. They they seem like <laughs> imagine they seem like a swinging couple. You know, they they welcome yeah, very, in uh, there when they feel like it. They're hanging out with the uh, the pig man over on pole on uh, Bridgerton. They're probably trying One to make a throuple of there, Judd and Prudy. You know, <laughs> with Demelza, Demelza's young well, enough well, to be there. Or Garrick <laughs> or whoever's willing willing to join them. Garrick, <laughs> yeah, just let the dog hop in. <laughs> Oh, uh, boy, who let the dog out? All right. Anyways, so <laughs> let's move forward. Speaking of dogs, <laughs> you want to talk about this dog named Francis? Oh man, he ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> and uh, he he straight up goes to Ross and he's like, "Hey man, I'm just living my life, whoring and gaming." <laughs> yeah, you know, j- just doing me. And R- Ross is, this has got to be Francis is is just stumbles. The mm-hmm. man is just stumbling over everything because. This is like going up to, I mean, it's literally Ross's crush's husband. Yeah. That's saying that I'm whoring. He says whoring. I mean, yeah. I, it's a verb to him. Well, I mean, you do it more than one time and you keep doing it. It, it is an active uh, verb, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But he, he's straight up saying to his potential romantic nemesis mm-hmm. that this is what I'm doing. And this is what all men do. Which gives Ross the opening to say, "Not me, I'm an honest man now." And, and he, he just goes honest. He just drops the bombshell, like, "Not me," I, or I, you know, he, he was it. Francis says, "Oh yeah, everyone does that." And and what you call it? Uh, Ross is like, "Not me." And it's like, "What do you mean?" It's like, "Well, I got married or whatever." And it's like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> Real casual, bro. And they're like, "Who'd you marry?" Ruth Teague. No, 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 no. He likes his girls a little dirtier than that. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was yeah. He, he married all Demelza. Yeah, not me. I'm married. Uh, and Francis is like, bro, don't you realize people will judge you for this? You'll be excommunicated from everything. Like you can't just get away with this. <laughs> and Ross is like, mm-hmm. why not? <laughs> it's not as bad as you whoring around, right? So. And Ross is like, I don't. Does it look like I care what anybody wants from me on a given day? Yeah, he walks alone. He does what he wants. Uh, and who else does he have to talk to than uh, you know the local barmaid Margaret? You know, telling her, you know, mm-hmm. barmaid. She's not a barmaid. She's the, the she's lady the, of the night, or whatever we want to call her. <laughs> the, la- the lady that that Francis is frequenting. Yeah, and he's like, you know, she's beautiful, in a way. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And you know he he likes her. She she she's like okay, whatever floats your boat, man. Uh, yeah, she's like, hey, how you, you need me right now? You need some service? And he's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm spoken for. And, and we see a montage of everyone just being like, what is this Ross guy doing? He he. he yeah, we see Uncle Charles goes, he's done it now. Is he really going out with her? <laughs> like, uh, and, and even uh, the only person who's really like down for this, you know, is Verity. She's the only one who's like. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Everyone else is like, come on. Even Elizabeth, who has a child with another man, is like, oh, come on. It's like. Well, she doesn't you know, She doesn't know what to think. What are you going to do? <laughs> but that's, that, that sort of sentiment carries throughout the entire episode. Meanwhile, yeah. Francis's reputation, we see in a later scene, the the, the I believe it's the Christmas Eve dinner. Mm-hmm. With Carrie, which is Pip, and George, the Warligans, that information of, of Francis's activities are pretty much not. And we even see it later with Elizabeth. Yeah. These aren't rumors, these are reports. Right, because he's just never home. So where else could he be, mm-hmm. realistically? Mm hmm. And it just seems like he doesn't care anymore. You know, he's just going to do him. He, this man is clearly, I think, so if Ross doesn't show up back at home, when he does in that exact moment, does, is Francis's trajectory any different? Uh, I think so. I, he's a very insecure man, and I think the emergence of Ross kind of upset the perfect equilibrium that he'd crafted for himself of, you know, being secure with her and everything, and now... Mm-hmm. It's all gone? Yeah, he, he can see that Elizabeth is still hung up on him and there's nothing he can do about it. So he can only just, you know, try and take the pain away in the arms of someone else. Yeah. And, I mean, we can talk more about all that as we go. But that's sort of what Francis is up to. He's still doing what he's doing. And I think it's kind of catching up to him mm-hmm. in a way that might not be as high society uh, taboo, but it's definitely personally. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you got a steak back at home, dude. You're trying to go for freaking Burger King. Like, what are you doing, bro? Come on. Yeah, he does. But then again, when he does go home, we and did the see ho- the last episode how she rebuked him a little bit. So, well, she just gave birth. That, She's it, not ready for that's that. That's true too. You need to give her some time. Her body's got to recover. I can't follow the timelines on the show. Up. I don't know how quickly he tried to make a move on her after <laughs> having a kid last episode. Doesn't matter. You got to respect your wife. That, absolutely, that is the truth of it. Or you got to have a discussion about it. Sit down and talk. Yeah, We're talking to you, Francis. Well, time keeps rolling on, and they still have not found any uh, copper uh, down the mine. They've just been churning out iron ore after iron ore. 
and their only hope is like maybe mm-hmm. the prices on ore increase and they can make some money off of that. Yeah, yeah. It's just getting tight for and them. And they need to they they need to go get more money one more time. They hope. Yep. But the thing is, people are, you know, they, they, we see a scene where they they welcome Ross Poldark. Like, oh hey man, how's it going? Congrats on getting married. You, you're awesome, dude. This guy's a recluse. I, I we can't. Or not recluse. These are. Yeah, he he's walks reckless. away. He's like, dude, this guy just married his kitchen maid. Like, Yo, do you see her though? You see her? You you marry her? You see her? But we can't. We can't accept this. Come on. Come but on, we, guys. We wouldn't. We, we can't we can't roll by this. Uh, they, they, but then they just, once again, Ross does what he always does. He goes to the room, and he gets them to invest more. I do like that it's catching up to him. His actions though, like picking fights with mm-hmm. the locals, trying to defend a, a guy in the court, and and you know talking back to the judge and stuff. All these things reflect poorly on his character. So it, it's good that you know he can't just walk around and and not face any repercussions for his actions because he really does feel like he's like above everything in a lot of ways but you're not going to get too far just continually to be that way yeah because he is very self-righteous in a lot of ways but he's also a blowhard like he thinks that his actions his personal actions won't have consequences and that his general goodwill will float him to whatever he wants he can just marry his kitchen maid and no one will care no it doesn't work that easily Mm -hmm. and yeah so but he also gets a hefty investment from Doctor, what's the doctor's name? Doctor Choke. Okay. Who is will come into play later on in the episode? I guess we can just say it now. Yeah. The mine is really not that big of a part of this episode. The very end of the episode, we strike copper. They do. And we find out towards that point of the episode that Doctor Choke wasn't so sure about buying into. Right, this. he was there from the first place. They didn't receive a heavy investment. He was always in on it. But, but we see we see Doctor Choke is a a part of this sure. episode narratively, yep. and we see that he he wasn't so so keen on being in on this, and he sold his shares. Yeah, he sold it to that George fellow. He sold off to to George. That he's he, he's bad news. So, this is not this is not good. He's he's bad. Bad. Who knows what he's going to do with his shares? I I can only imagine. Well, I mean, I think George just wants this mine. And look. To this uh, Choke's credit, you know, they weren't getting any anywhere with it. They, they kept feeling like they are getting closer, but it was literally Christmas time and rolled around. Ross is feeling despondent that he's going to have to put these people out of work, and Demelza reminds him, like, you gave them 12 months of employment. That's more than, you know, they, they had otherwise. So, mm-hmm. you know, waiting around a year to try and find copper, I don't blame this guy for cashing out. And also, again, with the timeline. So if they had this place open for 12 months... How, how was that last episode covering two years worth of time? I can't remember. Like, so I think two years had passed between when it two years had passed from when Ross came back and hired Demelza okay. to when that episode started, and then that episode covered the span of about Nine a pregnancy. Months. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Because we had Ginny, who also just to wrap it up. Has has been hired to sort of replace Demelza in the house. And she looks chipper as can be. I mean, she's obviously happy to have a job, but uh, boyfriend is a thing of the past. She got daycare for that little. Yeah, wife. we don't even see with a baby or anything in this episode. Husband, not boyfriend. Oh, uh, Jim. Right that boy's her husband. Was her husband, young Jim. Um. So where were we with that? Uh. Yeah. So t- the pregnancies. It's about. So it's a nine months. F- 
maybe 10 months or a few months have passed. Yeah. Since episode three, three began. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they finally have struck copper. And so we'll see what falls out from that because this George guy is up to no good. And there's also just this sort of two or three short scene plot where the women are staring off the edge of the cliff. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, like I, I, I didn't watch with captions, so I thought they were talking about there was a drought or something like that and they needed water. But it turns out that they were all waiting for their husbands who were fishermen to come home with food for the winter. Yeah. All the sardines. And that's really... Doesn't make... I don't know why this was part of it. Hopefully, knowing the show, it's all going to tie back in. But it was very uh, weird to keep checking in on these people just to have a sort of celebratory scene of them. The, I think the thing I keep finding with back. the show is that they have to fill 59 minutes. They love a montage. I've noticed that every episode has had about two or three montages going on. Uh, it's like Sons of Anarchy. It's great. Sure. Uh, and, and I think that was a little bit of a time filler here. Was was like... Them staring at the ocean. The we get stuff? Francis staring at the ocean despondently. Uh, you know. True. Francis. Francis got a lot on his mind. It got a lot. But I thought they were just looking at the the birds flying above the water, almost getting hit by the waves. Uh, but yeah, we see hey. those, those sardines show up, and mm. so yeah, I think they just you know they got to fill some fifty nine minutes, so they just uh, throw in a montage there. Now I feel like we've kind of covered all sort of the tertiary side plots. I think it's time to. Dive into the meat. Okay, you lead the way. So we see Uncle Uncle Charles is still uh, is he still struggling mm-hmm. from the situation? And when we, I have a, a before we even get to this plot, this Poldark is starting to remind me of wrestling. Okay, and I feel like that because there's this saying in wrestling that if you wait, you might not have something happen. So. An example in wrestling was everyone wanted to see this faction called The Shield have a big match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they did it at a random throwaway pay-per-view. All three of them against... There's three dudes against each other. Yeah. Now, a couple months prior, one of them was injured, one of them was on another show, and the other was on another show. Couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, why did you do it on this random pay-per-view in the middle of the year, not WrestleMania? And they say, if you got it, do it. Don't leave any ideas on the table. And I feel like as every episode of Poldark happens, I feel like they're in the writers' room saying like, "Yeah, but like, what if, what if, uh, what if Aiden Turner drops dead next week? We want to make sure we leave him on a high note." So I feel like this show is booking week to week in an intense way, heavy main event. And this week, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, I ca- my jaw was on the floor for. The sequence in this episode. You're not familiar with it, Dave, but it reminds me a lot of uh, the show The O.C. I don't know if listeners are, are fans of that teen soap drama. It's Season one was sensational, but what they did was just burn through plot. So, like, every you know person got together with every person. They went through every up and down. And then by season two, they just had no more road w- runway to go. And then the show just went off a cliff mm-hmm. in terms of quality. And I feel like... I mean, we'll see where Poldark goes, but it seems like it's just burning through plot in this first season to just really, you know keep things going <laughs> but it's working it yeah is working. oh so so uncle charles does, is not he's he's goes to get on a horse mm-hmm. to motivate his workers because he has so little faith in his son yeah and he has another heart attack just trying to climb a horse just trying to get on the horse and that's how this sort of s- snowball turns into an avalanche in a matter of s- two scenes 
Yeah. And then we see that Ross goes to visit. Mm-hmm. And he goes to visit his uncle. And this is sort of one of those moments where Ross is like, I know things are awkward, but I got to do this for my uncle. And we hear the doctor say right there, he'll be fine. He'll be able to have a Christmas uh, dinner. <laughs> yeah, he'll be, he'll be walking at Christmas. Yep. Ross walks in. And he's like, what's up, Uncle Chuck? How you holding up, man? And Charles, Uncle Charles says he lost all the faith in the world in his son. And he says that he might even steal his daughter. Yeah. And then he starts laughing. Yeah. He's, at this joke he's making at the expense of his own son. Of Francis. Because he feels... He starts cackling yeah. so hard. And then he just squeezes his chest and says... My heart. Because <laughs> he really just thinks that Poldark could just take Elizabeth that easily from Francis. He, he just can't help but have a big but he's, belly laugh at it. A big old laugh. And then he dies. Well, yeah. He, 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 he literally says, <laughs> he's starting to have a heart attack. And he's like, they promised me Christmas dinner. The smash cut to the next scene. He, he's not dead it's yet. A, it's a funeral. No, it's not a funeral. Oh, well, because he has, gonna... last, he has some last few words with, uh, with Ross. Oh, but, his last words aren't even with his son. They're with his nephew. Ross. Yeah, and he says to look after Francis because he needs someone to, to take care of him. <laughs> Does not trust. Now, I know you're not someone. You're not close to your cousins, mm-hmm. but imagine if you if you were at a, a immediate family member's deathbed, unless you know, in a situation, and then somebody walks in that's like kind of close to you, and and they're like, oh, they, I want to talk to him and not you, and then you do your little t- go. I'll go wait in the waiting room, and then the person dies. Yeah. That's a, that's a rough beat, but I mean, to his point, Francis is going to be the most important man in the county now. So like, he needs someone to like keep an eye on him, especially with his whoring around going on, you know. Yeah, all that gaming he's doing, all those yeah, dice he's rolling. Absolutely. But holy moly, can we discuss this timetable? <laughs> and he's like, this flies. He's set up as such a heavy for this show in episode one, and he's gone within four episodes. And then this actor yeah, they, what, literally they, died, I think, before these episodes even aired, actually. Warren Clark? Yeah, they, so they hired him, and he was already sick. And uh, this that last scene... See, this is... The scene of him on his deathbed is the last scene he ever fil- filmed <laughs> in his career. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, he, Only 67 years old, not that old. He looked it. He looked every bit of it. <laughs> but, it, you know, they, what did I just say? They had the book in front of them. They said, we got Uncle Charles riding until the, the main event. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to choose between his son and his nephew. And and the booker, who directed this episode, I'm on IMDb, Edward Basilgate said, uh-uh. It was the writer probably who chose this. So when, uh, Debbie, Debbie Horsfield said, okay. he, t- this will be the day that he dies. I mean, I don't think they had much uh, leeway to, to work with there. He literally died weeks after filming this. <laughs> so, But they could have done some kind of like spread of scenes across the season you know, either way, <laughs> insane pace, yeah, just, breakneck just pace. The show berating Francis unrelenting throughout the season, just like dropping a scene of your uncle just talking trash about Francis. Yeah. Uh, well, either way, it's buck wild that this uncle died in the middle of this episode, just trying to climb a horse and, episode, and then making a, a joke so so funny that he just literally died laughing almost. He did. Yes, truly. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, meanwhile, I guess the other big, the main big plot of this episode is just Demelza trying to fit in. 
Yeah, so we see that in the wake of um, of Uncle Charles' passing, Verity kind of moves in to the Poldark um, shack. Yep. And at first, because Demelza is constantly saying, I don't, you know, she doesn't go to the funeral. She doesn't go to the, you know, she's she's really saying, I don't want to associate myself with this yet. This is, I'm still very nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I know how taboo this is in town. And so uh, Verity shows up and Verity pretty easily cracks Demelza and they become fast friends. Yeah, I mean they're they're just person to person there. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny because she she says something where like Demelza, did you cook this? And then Ross gets up from the table and leaves, and then Demelza leaves, and Verity's like, did I say something wrong? Did I do that? Uh, she's kind of like an Urkel actually in the way she just shows up here and it's like, oh geez, we gotta let Verity in. What when they first said she was coming, I was like, oh, she coming for breakfast? Because we see these people walk across town to each other's houses. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, she's coming to stay for days. It's like going to your friend's house down the block and sleeping over for a month. I mean, isn't that kind of what Urkel did on Family Matters? He'd just show up and just stick around the whole time. That's true. <laughs> I guess, yeah, so she might be Urkel. Is there a Stefan? Is she going to step into a machine I, and I come out I think there's like a makeover Verite? that's got to come at some point. <laughs> and then she turns into Stefan. But until then, she's like, yeah. did I do that? Did I say something bad about Demelza? Uh, but she mm-hmm. becomes friends with Demelza. She's like... You know, they, they, was it Demelza kind of stumbling over how to act around here? She orders in Jenny, and you know, do you want any tea? And Verity's like, it's a little early in the morning for that. And Demelza's like, oh yeah. And the Verity's just like, you need to learn a thing or two, how to curtsy, how to dance. Let's do mm-hmm. this. And then we get we don't get the montage of them learning how to do this. That's one montage I want to see. I want to see her. It's st- a bit of a mont. It's a it's a mini montage. I want to see more stumbling montage around. Montage adjacent. I, I, want, I want like. That's like the best montage in any movie. I think of like Footloose, where they're learning how to dance. That'd be great if Demelza's just learning how to, you know, do the dosi do. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. But instead, we get a lot of people just staring out the water, looking for sardines to come one day with their husbands. Anyways, yeah. So that's really that until Christmas rolls. I mean, around, we do hear right? that Verity is still missing uh, Blamey. She's still hung up on him. And yeah, so there's um. Your, your stereotypical sort of romantic show plot where she's like, oh, I was in love with Captain Blamey. And Verity's like, yeah, well, Ross doesn't love me. He just kind of like did this to avoid the oh, controversy. Right. She, yeah, she says love is not love. Yeah. And Verity's like, or yeah, Verity's like, oh, no, you'll see. Yeah. And it's funny because like – um what was it? Demelza goes to Ross and's like, couldn't you have like fought for for her to be with Blamey? And it's like, we're forgetting that this guy was with a wife who died, and we don't know how she died. And then he like struck Francis like immediately when when he was called. I, I don't know that guy. Not worth uh, not worth missing. Oh yeah, I mean we're no, nobody's on team Blamey right now. We're on team Verity, but mm-hmm. tr- we're we're uh, treading lightly on team Verity. Yeah. So. They go to, to have Christmas uh, at the the Poldark house. It, it made me wonder too. What happens to Judd and Prudy? What do they get up to for Christmas? They're probably left to their own devices. Yes. Yeah. Ross Ross probably gets him a nice gift though. Ross seems like a uh, at least he gets him like a bottle of rum or something to drink. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't take much probably to please them. They're probably cold though. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. How how do they warm up? But who cares? I don't worry about Judd and Prudy. Yeah. So, and we. So, so, this is like Christmas Eve, 
or the day before Christmas Eve, December 23rd or yeah, something? Yeah, just around then. So, yeah, we're in the Christmas uh, ilk, the Christmas week. Mm-hmm. And there's we see that Demelza has gotten a new outfit, and Ross is a little frustrated. And we also know that Demelza told Verity she might have a baby in the, a bun in the oven. And we, we see so that she doesn't sick. want to wear something. She, she goes to Vom City for a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely vomiting. And so she buys this new outfit, but there's all this worry, like, will the, will everything be too tight? Will it hurt the baby? Is you know, mm-hmm. How is she going to tell Ross? You know, All this sort of culmination of all the drama about their relationship in general coming to a head. Yeah. And we see that Elizabeth pretty much immediately takes to her. Everyone likes her. I mean, she's worried about everyone's going to turn their, their noses down at her. Uh, and, and, you know, they're they're welcoming, actually, for the most part. She's just kind of mm-hmm. acting like the odd person out because she just doesn't feel uh, like she belongs among them. Yeah, so we see that there is a Christmas Eve dinner, and we see just as it's about to start, George, Carrie... And I think George's girlfriend. And the uncle, Pip Torrance. Yeah. Yeah, that's Carrie. Okay. They show up. And uh, and they're like, oh, did we come at an inopportune moment? And, and Ruth Teague is there you guys- also. Oh, that, that is Ruth Teague, I and, thought and she, so. And they're all saying, like, Poldark, the recluse, or, you know, are you, like, Robinson Crusoe, where you been, bro? Down in the mine. He's like, dude, I'm, tr- I'm trying, to, trying to make this profitable. I'm trying to bring Cornwall onto the map, man. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment where they're talking about is Francis seeing the woman of the night to which um, Pip Carey asks his son, he says, weren't you seeing her for a little while? And George says, nah, stop doing that. <laughs> That's too low, low brow for me. And dad's like, right on, boy. Yeah, even though he probably still is doing it, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, why I not? I mean, who's Ruth there with? The is she w- there with George or who is she with there exactly? I think it is. I think it's it's George. Yeah. And, and there's some comment. There's some back and forth about how, like you know, you know, 25 is too old to, to find someone. You know, to Verity. Yeah. So yeah, Ruth. Ruth went from being this sort of like, oh no, like, come on now, why 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 are you throwing her, her under the bus, Ross? Mm-hmm. To her throwing everybody under the bus. She, you know, everyone's just trying to move uptown, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, they, they get through that. They all get along. It, it's all pretty much okay, you know, aside from Francis just really loathing uh, Ross there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we see that uh, there's the moment where they try to put Demelza on blast, where we see that Elizabeth is playing the harp, mm-hmm. and, you know, arts are sort of a skill of the upper class, so they say, hey, uh, Demelza, why don't you do something for us? And she, she doesn't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. So... She's like, I, I don't know. And Ross is like, she sings. Yep. She sings. Why don't you sing for him right now? And she starts singing. And goodness gracious, she's got a, a pipes. It's like the, the Planet of the Apes musical where, you know, she can talk, she can talk, she can talk. She can sing. <laughs> and then she's just singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knew she could carry And everyone's like, all right, Ross, you done did it now. Yeah. Wasn't so bad. Big. Big victory, Ross. I'm I'm proud of Ross in this moment. I think he rolls the dice, and I mean, obviously, I'm way more proud of Demelza. But yep. and, and Francis this is, is still kind of hot about it. He's just like, come on, man. And he's got he's got a good wife too. Come on, why can't I win? 
Yeah, yeah. And then we already talked about they and found all that copper and yada yada, and everything's going to be a okay aside from the fact that George owns part of the mine. And there's a great last scene where they talk about love. Mm-hmm. He call she calls her my love, and then Demelza says, "I hope you got a little love to spare for our child." And Ross goes, "Don't don't oh! <laughs> And then the the curb your enthusiasm theme song plays, and then boom boom boom, yeah. and that's the end of the episode. Uh, good for them, you know. At this rate, with yeah. the way things are moving, she's going to have that baby shooting out of her at the top of episode five. Like that that's the way they're moving with the show. Mm-hmm. Uh now did you know that this is uh ranked it's a four way tie, but this is the highest ranked episode of the show. Of the entire show. On IMDB this has an eight point nine and it's tied with three other episodes that also have an eight point nine. I knew it was the Go highest ahead. ranked of, of this season. Uh so it's one of the show. I'm not even gonna look at the other ones because I wanna know when I get there. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it is it's regarded as very high water. It's fine. I don't see much of a difference from it than in the other episodes. It's 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 good. It's just consistent. The, the two or three minutes of Uncle Charles trying to get on the horse to his funeral is one of the most bafflingly told stories I've watched. Life comes at you fast, television. man. What can, I, what can I say? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a good episode. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say eight point nine. Yeah, but I would say good. I, I do like that Demelza and Ross keep hooking up, and you know, did Ross just not expect a baby to happen? The the way they just kept getting down. Well, is he? He's not like Simon. He's shooting every oh, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no blanks. No no worries there with all, any of this. Uh, did we miss anything in this episode? Was that was that everything? I know we kind of moved through it. But uh, no, I mean there were some a good couple snipes from Ross about uh being indifferent to being a member of high society and stuff like that. Yeah, but no, I I do think we kind of covered all the bases. Yeah, you think this was a good episode, Dave? Oh, I mean, like I said, those two those two and a half three minutes of Uncle Charles passing away were baffling. So there's no way that I'm not going to say this is one of the most memorable episodes of TV that I've watched oh, in a while. You know, the one thing I want to say was it, it kind of baffled me that, okay, so Uncle Uncle Charles dies. He didn't leave any, like, fortune to Ross at all. There was no, like, you know... The man who he shared his last words yeah, with? Yeah, like, you'd think that would be an easy way to solve his, his financial issues if there was money to pass on or something, you know? Well, maybe he's also not as well off as where, I'm, you know, we know. What, what do you mean? Because they have we know a huge His mind is... <laughs> That they, they have servants I mean, in. Robert Crawley has a huge castle in Downton Abbey, and we see that he doesn't have much to his name. We'll see, but we, there's no reason to believe that they're not well off. That's true. I'm not going to disagree with that. He literally threw money at Charles or at Ross to go away to, to England. So, yeah, where's that money at? <laughs> well, let's get to these power rankings. Yeah. Who do you got going down for? I got Demel's at number three. Uh going down i mean it was a rough week for her everyone was just kind of looking looking at her like she was trash and you know aside from the last minute of her uh being able to to sing her way out of things just a lot of people just looking down on her i think for the most part Mm Hmm. okay that's i don't i don't agree but it's fair i got i got uh elizabeth at number three she's she's on to her cheating husband her, her man that she can kind of have that sort of 
emotional thing. Like, what if I went with Ross? He's married now, mm-hmm. so she that fantasy is gone. And it's just not a good not a good Christmas season for Liz. She's not this. We we don't see that Elizabeth has anyone but Francis and Ross. That's fair. She's very alone with this baby and this man who doesn't care for her. Yeah. So. Not a great. She wasn't in this Liz. episode enough for me to, to really think much of her situation, but uh. Okay. Well, who do you got at number two? Francis. The guy is just oh yeah, obviously. making a reputation for himself all around town, and none of it's good. So, you you can only go so far before you get you get found out. So, uh, is he? Yeah, all the, that game, and he's up to. Yeah, he's your number two, Dave. Yep, Ty. Well, number one. Number number one down's yeah, obvious. It's Uncle Pogledark. He is <laughs> rest again, in paradise, Uncle Chuck. You know, it's a theme of our, our power rankings. But if you're going six feet under. It's more than likely you're going to land at number one. <laughs> Hard to come back from I that. I mean, in fairness, probably shouldn't put him on the downer ring because he dies laughing. But he didn't get his pr- Christmas dinner that he was promised, and he was pretty upset about that. That's true. That's true. So, well, who do you got? Well, who you got going up, Dave? Kings, who, who, who's going up at number? I got Verity at number three. Okay. Because we see Verity as sort of a charity case, and that you know, she's picked on and stuff, but she really goes out of her way to make Demelza feel included. She. She proves her value as a character on this show, sure. in my opinion. Okay. So well, no, that's why I give her the. Yeah. Well, well, number three, I got Jenny. She got a job, and after her husband got put good. away and everything, the least she can she can ask for. So good for her. All right. Well, number two, I got Demelza going up. Okay. Tell me why. Well, she's getting lucky, frequently enough to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So that's good for her. Also. She proves all these people kind of wrong. There's The episode spent a lot of time saying that people are going to turn their nose at her, and she's all worried about it. She charms Elizabeth. She charms all the people with her singing. Is she in love yet, though? She kind of leaves... I think at the episode, at the end of the episode, we realize, yes. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Who is at number two for you? Uh, I got George. The guy st- stole ah, some s- okay. stock, and he, he's got some to his name now. He's getting in on this uh, wheel easier. guineas. Good them, for him. Them guineas. Wheeling and dealing. Styling, profiling. Good for George. Well, number one is the is the big man. It's the the title character. It's Ross. Oh yeah, for me. Yeah, he he. We hit copper. Okay. Number one. He gets his girlfriend, his wife, pregnant. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Okay. Well, he proves the haters wrong. And number one, I got Verity. I think this is a good character building. Number one for her. Yeah, I mean the work that she does on Demelza. Is like, man, Verity doesn't have to do this. She's a good person, and she's so accepting of her when everyone else is willing to look down on her. Uh, good for her, I think, you know? And she's keeping on, you know, has some backbone, especially when they're trying to come at her and say, you know, you're still single and stuff. I, I think she really comes out looking like a trooper this week. You know, she's a good person. Mm-hmm. It, it, okay, that's Ross, fair. for me, lands somewhere in the middle where, like, he could barely get the funds for this mine. He doesn't know that George has gotten some of this stuff. Things are not going perfectly for him and hopefully he's happy that he's going to be a father i, I we never have any reason to believe that he, he seems wants to thrilled. be a kid, or father so that house definitely can't have a kid that's not a childproof uh, house not at all so yeah especially with judd and prudy doing whatever they're doing and the boozing around door. They, <laughs> they need something else going on they need to childproof that place they can live with garrick in the far in the barn yeah why not uh so that is this week of uh Poldark season one, episode four. Yeah. Dave, you watching anything else Indeed. out there? I did. I did. I got to admit, I've had a busy week. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, trying to watch The Sopranos before this movie comes out. I got a, like a season and a half left. 
But I got, you know, just when they say you're out, I'm back. Full, I watched all four episodes of The Circle. I really can't be bothered with it. <laughs> I thought I thought I wasn't going to do it. I said I'm going to wait until the show is over. And, but it's it's candy. You know, on those stressful days, you just want to sit and decompress. You don't need Tony Soprano killing people. We need Catfish. We need all these people. It came back too soon it's, for me, for my taste. I'm, I'm a little burnt out on it with like three or four seasons in the past like 18 months I'm, I'm good but was it was it watchable Dave oh yes absolutely there's there's already they've already done things they've never done before and I'm four episodes in oh man I, I can't <laughs> I got you, that's what I I literally was like I'm not gonna do it and then one of my coworkers said do you watch The Circle yet and I said no maybe I'll watch one episode and then I watched like two and then I watched the other two I I no, but then again, I don't. I don't even know what my watching habits are. I put on Miami Vice, the nineteen eighty four TV series, yesterday morning, and I, I'm okay. I'm, I, I've gotten through most of the, the first episode, which is a ninety minute movie. So, what is it good? Yeah, it's Miami Vice. It's it's Don Johnson popping pills, smoking cigarettes, and, and calling his wife at night, asking uh, if what they had was real, if his if what his, his ex wife had was real. And it's, it's now, did Michael life. Mann direct that? Premiere? No, he produced the whole show, so it's very much in his aesthetic. So if you like the movies Heat and Collateral and stuff, Miami and my, Vice, and Miami <laughs> which I do, I do like that movie. Uh, the nineteen eighty four Miami Vice TV show may just be right for you, you know. Uh, so okay, yeah. I also watched uh, the, that John Cena Hulu movie, Vacation Friends. Okay, pretty good, solid comedy. Low Lorel Howery is very funny. Yeah, John Cena is also very funny. Okay, so I would. Not great, but a good uh, good throw it on. I, I wish it came out like a month or two earlier. Mm-hmm. In the heart of the summer, that movie would have hit. Strikes me as like I think a post Labor Day. Strikes me as a movie I'd watch on a plane. I think that, that kind of movie. Kill some time. For I mean, vacation. it's definitely a hard R. So you're, it's not going to be on the plane's menu. But if you have it on your iPad, it'll be a good one. Okay, I, I did watch Malignant, which was on HBO and in theaters, and that movie's a trip. I, I if you re- if you like B movies. B horror movie. This is this is great material. James Wan directing it. The director of Saw, Aquaman, and the the Conjuring. Fury Six, right? Fury Seven. <laughs> all those hits. Fury Seven. Yeah, it is something else. It is fun, a lot of fun. So there you go. All right. So we also did post our review of Tomorrow Never Dies on our Patreon, where we so talk about Julian Fellows. We talk about Brendan Coyle's cheeks, his chubby cheeks. We talk about. Hugh Bonneville, we talk about Aunt Rosamond. We talk about Pip Torrance. Pip Torrance, all showing up in, in Tomorrow Never Dies. And um, Wilson, Prime Minister Wilson from The Crown. Yep. So it's all there. And Bond, we just talked Bond for a little bit. Absolutely. So go check that out if you want. So otherwise, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, email us at, at Gmail, leave a rating and review if you so choose, but you you know where to find us. We have a website on Podbean. Uh, so the Lords of Grantham, we're out there. Oh, yeah. And we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.